We are very privileged to be uh, involved together in the service of worship, which is uh, part of our 66th missions conference at Covenant Presbyterian Church. And very, very blessed to have Richard Ramsey, who is a minister of the Word of God, who for so many years we supported in Chile, who now is involved in distance learning and writing theological materials and helping to form others for ministry around the world. We give glory to God, but we honor the servant. And we are very thankful for you, brother, and for our warm fellowship with you and for your service. Uh, The missionaries will not like me saying this, but Mike Carter and I were talking just this morning. These are for us heroes of the faith, and they won't like that, but nonetheless, we think it's true. And um, one of the reasons that they are for us heroes of the faith is because they do not think of themselves in that way, but indeed they are servants of the Lamb that was slain. We want to be that as well. Now, you'll notice the text from Hebrews. I failed to get the sermon title in the worship order this morning, but there it is on the way to the promised land, which also becomes the theme of the conference this morning. So, Richard, may the Lord bless you as you preach God's word. We're eager to hear it, and we welcome you. Good morning. How's everyone today? We do want to thank you as a a faithful uh, mission-supporting church over so many years, and uh, really we do uh, understand very clearly that it's all by grace that you support weak and frail servants and instruments of God as we are. Uh, Nevertheless, we thank you very much, and we could not do what we're doing without you. And as time goes along, not all churches uh, maintain that faithful support for overseas missions, so we thank you for doing that. It's good to be back with you. I'm sorry Angelica couldn't be here today. Uh, She woke up feeling pretty sick uh, yesterday morning, so um, she's one of the large group of of ailing people around here, and so um, I bring her greetings in her name. Uh, We are in distance education. I'll tell about that this evening, but uh, uh, after many years in Chile, we've been blessed by um, being able to participate in uh, uh, helping train leaders around the world. The church is growing, uh, but that does leave a vacuum and a need for uh, training, and we are excited to see how many people are so hungry uh, to learn and to be trained. Uh, But you can come this evening and and hear more about that. Uh, We'll be looking at uh, Hebrews chapter 11, uh, which is, in a sense, a commentary on on some of the Genesis passages that we were looking at previously. Uh, Let's look at Hebrews chapter 11, uh, starting at verse 8. Hebrews 11, verse 8, that's on what page? Oh, please stand, yes. And it's on uh, page 1007 in your pew Bible. Hear the word of God. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, 
not knowing where he was going. By faith he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants, as many as the stars of heaven, and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. You may be seated. The phrase that stands out to me in this passage is not knowing where he was going. Did you notice that? <laughs> Abraham went out not knowing where he is, was going. I don't think it means that he was just wandering around uh, aimlessly, totally lost. Um, as we read in Genesis, he knew he was going to Canaan. I think it means he didn't know the details of uh, what it would be like there. I also uh, believe that he trusted God and God was guiding him. It says uh, in uh, verse uh, 8 here, uh, uh, by faith Abraham obeyed. And in verse 9, by faith he went. He went by faith. So he was trusting God. He knew generally where he's going, but he didn't know the details. But he was trusting God for all of those things. I can imagine. Uh, a possible conversation between Abraham and his nephew Lot on the way. And uh, Lot says, Uncle Abraham, where did you say we're going? <laughs> well, I'm not sure. It's Canaan, but uh, not exactly what it's going to be like. Uh, and Lot says, Uncle Abraham, where are we going to live? And what's it going to be like? Well, Lot, I don't know all those details, but I do know God is with us and he has sent us and he will guide us. Have you ever been in that kind of situation? I think we all have. I can certainly remember when I went to Chile. I was 29 years old, had never been there before. Nowadays, people can go and take a, a trip to see what it's like. Uh, at that, in those days, uh, they showed us pictures. <laughs> and so I was on the plane, 29 years old, going to this country I'd never been to. And I had this sense of, this is kind of crazy. Uh, but I also had the sense that God had sent me and that he would take care of me. It turned, to be a, turned out to be a wonderful experience. And that's where I met Angelica and that's where we raised our children. Many years later, as a family, I was 50 years old. Uh, we sensed the Lord leading us to move to Miami to work in international distance education. Again, a bit nervous. Uh, the only thing we knew about Miami was the airport and a nearby hotel. People in Chile said, uh, 
Uh, you better get a gun and put it under your bed. And don't let the children play outside because they're snakes and alligators. And so uh, we were a little nervous about all that. Well, it isn't that bad, you know. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's been a good experience in Miami as well. Uh, I believe that Abraham also didn't know the details of uh, what their life was going to be like, but he did know generally where they were going, and he knew God was with him. I also believe he knew his real final destination. And as we look at some other verses in this passage, uh, verse 10 says, He was looking forward to the city that has foundations whose designer and builder is God. And all the heroes of the faith had the same attitude. Verse 13, they acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on earth. And in verse 16, uh, they were desiring a heavenly country. It never was primarily about a piece of land on earth, and Abraham knew that. He was seeking something beyond that. And I think we could say really what he was seeking was uh, the presence of God himself and uh, the heavenly country. Since Adam and Eve were expelled from the Garden of Eden, uh, man senses that distance from God. We've lost that near presence with God. And uh, if they're not Christians and the Holy Spirit's not working in their heart yet, they really are not seeking to get closer to God. But when the Holy Spirit begins to work in a person's heart, he desires that nearness with God and desires to come back to God. As Augustine said, you have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they can find rest in you. So I believe that Abraham was basically uh, longing to be in the presence of God. And I believe there's a lesson in this for us, the basic thesis is that we don't know the details, but we know God is with us, and we also know our final destination. We're on our way to the promised land, but it's a heavenly promised land. Um, I think many of us can identify with this phrase, not knowing where he was going. If you've ever moved from one city to another, uh, from one ministry to another, you don't know the details. And as you look ahead, it may seem fuzzy and blurry. Uh, maybe you don't know about your finances. Maybe you don't know about your family, your health. So many things in the future we don't know the details. But we do know God is with us, and we do know our final destiny. I think here on earth we will never feel totally, totally at home. This is the place. This is it. Everything's perfect here. There's always something not quite perfect, something still unsettling and uncertain about wherever we are. As uh, C.S. Lewis said, if I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. And so that's true. We're always going to have that sense that we're made for another world. In our life here, in our journey, like Abraham, we don't know the details, but God has promised to be with us. Jesus said, I will be with you always. And we know our final destination. Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. So we can go ahead in faith just as Abraham did. What about missions? How does this apply to missions? It applies 
very appropriately to me. The first thing I would like to say is we are all, as Christians, on our way to the promised land, and as uh, the, the mission task is to bring others along with us. And I would say uh, for each of us, for each of you, uh, what I would recommend is looking at the needs around you, look at your own gifts, discover your gifts, and try to match those up in the best way you can so that you can make the greatest impact for the kingdom of God in this world. Not everyone goes overseas. Find your gifts, look at the needs, and see how you can make the greatest impact for the kingdom of God and bring people along with us. And this principle that we don't know the details, but we can trust God. He's guiding us, and we know our final destiny and the final results. The kingdom of God will be established in exactly the way God wants it to, the way he's planned for it to be done, and he will be glorified in that. So that's what we can count on as we walk by faith in mission work. When you're doing church planting or even pastoring uh, any church, you don't know how it will be, uh, how it will turn out. Uh, and if you've ever started a church from scratch, it really looks fuzzy and you don't know uh, what it's going to be like. Uh, it's not easy. Uh, some people you think are on the way to make a commitment to Christ fall away. Others you think are so far away they'll never come to Christ, and they do. I can remember we studied, uh, went through a Bible study with a neighbor in Chile, and, uh, you know, several months, uh, week by week, going through uh, this uh, discipleship booklet, uh, Am I Good Enough? Juan Bueno de Ser. I just thought the Lord was working in her heart. And when we got to the final chapter, I thought, this is it. She's ready. And I pleaded with, with her to make a decision. And she just had this cold, stone look on her face. I couldn't believe it. I thought something was happening, and it didn't. And other times it was the other way around. Or people come to church that we had no contact with. One man was uh, traveling in southern Chile, and he was uh, hitchhiking, and a Pentecostal pastor picked him up. And, uh, you know, you're not going to ride very long with a Pentecostal pastor without hearing something about the gospel. And uh, he went back to his home in Viña del Mar, and he said he wanted to get back to God. He wanted to get close to God. Well, he didn't know of any church. He just knew his sister went to an evangelical church in Santiago. And so he called her on the phone. He said, uh, do you know of any churches here in Viña? And uh, she said, uh, no, but I've got this little booklet here by Richard Ramsey, and uh, the postal uh, the number is in Rinaca, Vina del Mar, right where you live. So it looks like he lives there. They must have a church that says Presbyterian Church of Rinaca. So he calls the police. <laughs> and not to turn me in. <laughs> he, he wants to find out where this church is, and he found us. So to me, this is the way mission work is. You don't know the details, but God's working out his plan. And uh, there was always a parallel as I was uh, working in church planting with a team of min uh, MTW missionaries. There was a parallel with our garden. And um, as uh, Paul says, uh, uh, I watered and Apollos, uh, I'm sorry, I planted and Apollos watered and God gives the growth. 
And as we worked in, as I worked in our garden, you know, here's the principle. You can't just, you know, fold your hands and say, God, I'd love to have a beautiful garden. Please make this garden pretty. No, we have our responsibility. And that's always been a great mystery that we struggle to understand. God is totally sovereign, but we have our responsibility. And as we worked in the garden, uh, you don't, you don't uh, just sit there. You have to water. You have to plant the seeds. But you don't decide how everything turns out, do you? You don't decide how tall the plants are. You don't decide what color the flowers are and how big the leaves are. Uh, it's, a, it's a mysterious uh, relationship there. But we do what God asks us to do, and we trust Him for the results. And I call it my wonder garden because we even had flowers growing that I, I didn't plant. I don't know if a seed blew over the wall or if they were buried in there for years and didn't show up. I don't know. It was really kind of miraculous to me. And again, the same thing happens in the church. Uh, you don't control the results. We just be faith we're just to be faithful and trust the Lord for those results. A lot of my work now is preparing courses for the, for the internet, uh, third millennium courses. Uh, the interesting thing about working with the internet is you have no idea who will get on and study those courses. And thankfully, uh, they're from all around the world, even in Muslim countries, places that you would never expect people to be studying. So that's the interesting thing about uh, the mission work. And think of the church growth around the world. Sometimes the church grows where we least expect it to. Uh, it's been a blessing to go to Cuba. I've gone there once or twice a year since the year 2000. When I first went down, they said there were about 200,000 evangelicals in a country of about 12 million people. And now they say there are about 2 million. Uh, for a while, it seemed like uh, the number was doubling every two years. And then as revivals often go, many people later fell away. But uh, now they estimate about 2 million people mostly in home groups. Who would have expected that? Um, I see God moving people around the world in strange, mysterious ways. Uh, don't know what his plans are, but just think of a few things. Uh, we visit Spain once a year. It's a very interesting country. They say there are about two million Muslims there now. Uh, I have a missionary friend in London, says about a million Muslims in London. And you might say, well, that's kind of scary. But it also gives you the opportunity to uh, witness to those people in a way that you could not in their own country. And thinking of Spain again, um, it's interesting to me to see that about 80% of the uh, members of the evangelical churches in Spain are from Latin America, immigrants from Latin America. Um, again, you might say, well, uh, that's kind of, uh, you know, uh, strange and sort of worries me. They're taking over a country. However, I, I think God has sent a lot of believers from Latin America to evangelize a country that never experienced a reformation and where there are very, very few Protestants. And so... I can't pretend to know exactly what God is doing, but it looks to me like he's doing something very special by spin, uh, sending those people there. 
Another thing we've noticed uh, very recently in the last year or two is that um, the many people are coming to believe uh, Reformed doctrine, um, even without MTW missionaries. <laughs> uh, there are a lot of resources that are getting distributed out there, and people uh, find them, watch them, and as they see the Word taught faithfully, they begin to believe uh, the doctrines of grace and the Reformed understanding of theology. Uh, many of them from Pentecostal backgrounds, a church in Puerto Rico of uh, thousands of people. The pastor, I'm not sure what he read and what he found, but he became Reformed and stood up in the pulpit one morning and said, this is what I'm going to be teaching from now on. If you don't like it, find another church. And uh, this is starting to happen uh, a lot of different places. So uh, as we see God working, these principles become very clear to me. We don't know the details, but we know God does, and we know that God is working out His perfect plan, and we also know what the final, basically, what the final destiny is. It's an exciting venture, adventure. Uh, I have a poster that says, I don't know what tomorrow brings, but I know who brings tomorrow. I think that sums it up also. Now, I have to say something, that this is uh, these, these promises, this hope, God is guiding you. We know our final destiny is to be in His presence for eternity. Uh, that's only for Christians. And for non-Christians, I can only say that life must look uncertain and uh, very confusing and without meaning. And uh, these promises and this hope are for Christians. One of my favorite short stories is by a Mexican author, Juan Jose Arreola. It's called The Switchman. And you know, a switchman used to be the guy who would go out and pull the switch so that the rails of a train would send the train one direction and not another. I'm sure they just push a button nowadays to do that. But this story is about a switchman and a traveler who comes to the train station with his train ticket. And on his train ticket, it says he's going to X. And there's no one else in the train station, just the switchman. So this traveler comes up to him and says, what's going on here? Uh, where is everybody? Do trains come through here? Am I going to be able to go to X? And the switchman says, well, you can't be certain. I really couldn't say for sure. Well, don't you have trains? Oh, yes, we've got beautiful trains, he says. Beautiful trains and a great system of train tracks around the country. But, you see, if I were you, I'd go down to the nearest hotel and get a room and uh, wait and see if a train comes through. He said, what do you mean? He said, well, you just never know for sure when the trains will come through. And some people get on the train and they end up someplace that they weren't planning to go to. Other people just keep going around and around and around, and they eventually die on the train. And he said, you know, one thing that was really neat was a train came up to a, a, a big canyon once, and the tracks ended. There was no bridge. But on the other side of the canyon, there was a bridge. So everybody just kind of got out and started taking the train apart into pieces, and they 
walked down to the bottom of the canyon, walked up the other side and put the train back together and they kept going on their trip. Isn't that neat? So they did that so well we decided we didn't need a bridge there. And the story goes on and on about this uncertainty. And finally a train does come through and the man gets on the train but when he looks at his ticket it no longer says X, it says Y. <laughs> now, I don't know exactly what the author meant to say with this story. It's fascinating to me. But it seems to me to portray what life is like without Christ, without God guiding us. You don't know where you're going, totally uncertain. Uh, but for us as Christians, it's different, isn't it? We know that God is the architect, the designer of the train and the train tracks, and he's a conductor and he's a switchman, and he guides it all the way. And he does promise that we'll get to that final destination. He has promised eternal life in his presence. Now, what makes this possible for us? Jesus made it possible. And we know that we will end in our final destination, his presence, because Jesus made a very long journey for us. Jesus made a journey across cosmic borders, across spiritual borders. Jesus came from glory to become a human being. He made a journey of suffering, going to the cross for us. He made that long journey so that we know that we will uh, be in God's presence forever. We know that we can live in God's presence because Jesus voluntarily deprived himself of God's presence when he was on the cross. Remember what he said? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In that moment, he was suffering what we deserve, uh, eternal separation from God. He voluntarily experienced that temporary uh, separation, depriving himself from the presence of God the Father so that we know we will never have to lose that. We can always be in his presence for eternity. Angelica's father died a few years ago, and we have every reason to believe that he was trusting Jesus for his salvation. And the last time we visited and talked to him, he kept saying several times, he said, yes, Richard, I got my bags packed. I'm ready to go. He knew he was sick. And I kind of joked with him. I said, I don't think you need to take a whole lot. <laughs> uh, but Angelica had a very, had a better answer. She said, Papa, she said, don't forget that you have your ticket. Jesus already bought it for you. Jesus already bought it for you. And I want to ask you this morning, have you... Do you have that ticket? <laughs> have you accepted that ticket from Jesus? He went to the cross to purchase that for us. If you haven't, please accept that ticket and get on the train <laughs> and come with us. We're on our way to the promised land. It's going to be wonderful. We have no idea how wonderful, but we know God is there. That's all we need to know. I don't know the details, but we know it's wonderful. Please take the ticket. Get on the train.
And if you've already accepted that, help others to get along with us, get on with us, and come along on the trip with us to that heavenly promised land. We don't know the details of our future, but we do know our final destination, and we know the Lord is with us because he is the architect, architect, the builder, the engineer, and the switchman. You can trust him every step of the way, and just like Abraham, obey and go in faith. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the certainty of our future and the certainty that you're with us, even though we don't know the details of tomorrow. Thank you for being with us and guiding us. Uh, forgive us when we fail to trust you. And help us, Lord, to match our gifts with the needs and uh, do the best we can to make an impact in this world. We know you have a perfect plan, and you will fulfill that plan, but we also know that you use us by your grace. Thank you for this congregation. I pray for each person, for anyone who may not know you yet. May they put their trust in you even today. In Jesus' name.